everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 371. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Ichigo Gami, subbing in for Mako-chan. Yeah, she will be back next week. Evidently, things happen, and she's like, I'll be back next week, so it is what it is. And... Doesn't mean we're safe from weird Japanese news. Oh, of course not. No, no. Somebody's going to get their skull cracked in, I'll tell you that. Hmm. And I'm getting kind of tired of doing back-to-back cons again. I'm like, I'm getting too old for this shit. No, I definitely, my friend Alana definitely was like, she went to Otakon only on the Saturday, and she was like, why haven't I been doing this before? And it was like a magical new new land of not attending the whole convention and being able to actually enjoy her time, so. Well, it's like, well, if you're buying a three-day pass and you're only going for one day, you're going to try to get your money's worth by going to all three. It's true, it's true. If you're definitely um, set on going all three days, but I don't think she really was. So, anyway... I'll let you we'll, we'll continue. But on the plus side, at least the second con was just a stone's throw away. And on that, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to book a room for next year just for one day. <clears throat> I mean, the commute in and all is nice, but when you're pressed and you have a fuck ton of equipment, and you're like, who can I talk to that I can store my trash with, you know? So. And thankfully, I ran to a few other people who were like, yeah, we'll chip in for one night. I'm like, Works for me, buddy. Works for me. Oh, man. We are live tonight, week of August 21st, 2018, on the Vogue Network. And where does the time go? Was it just the beginning of summer? Feels yes. like it. I know. Yes, it was hot, sweaty times. I am finally ready for fall. And it is not because I am a basic white girl who enjoys pumpkin spice. But do you? It wear... is because it is so fucking hot. But do you wear Uggs? No, no, not not really. No, not at all. Then you're all right, then. Uh, and, you know, and I'm waking up this week, and it's like 70 degrees. I'm like, 70 degrees hot or 70 degrees chill? And I'm looking at the temperature, I'm like, it's 70 degrees chill. What the hell? Not as much humidity, I'm guessing. Yeah, but I still went out and bought, um like, a rain jacket and and rain booties for my sneakers because it's supposed to rain sometime today. Because I'm getting sick and tired of nice weather and then while I'm at work, thunderstorm. Yeah, that's been happening a lot around here too. Yeah, and then you hope and pray that the the, the storm is over before you get out of work and then you're like, fuck. But um. As I was saying, we're here on the VOG Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, but replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merc, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is VOG, V-O-G. You can also head on over to webchat.gamesurge.net if the chat is not open for you. Sorry about that. Um, you can also head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash Network where there's an IRC link. And if you click on that, it'll bring you into the chat if you're running Chatzilla. Um, we also have a Discord. You can find this at VogNetwork.com slash Discord. And it'll bring you directly to our Discord channel via the app or the browser. 
and check-ins are now live, so go ahead and earn your VOG points. If you're listening on our podcast feed, there will be a passphrase somewhere in the episode. When you hear it, head over to vognetwork.com, put it in, and earn some VOG points. And that's how we roll around here. Okay. Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and go around the room. How was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, today was payday, and, well, my overtime didn't come in this check. It'll probably be on my next check, so mm. I got most of my bills done, question mark. Still good. Still only got most of the rent paid for until until next week. Well, not, not next week, but the week after. Gotcha. And let's see. I watched SummerSlam last like this past Sunday night. It was of one to ten. Um, I'd say like a six. I mean NXT before was like eons better. Mm. And uh Oh yeah, speaking of overtime, on Sunday night my boss had called me and said like like as I was like in like getting into bed, like, Hey, can you come into work? Like we have an emergency. I'm like Alright, all right, what's happening? Like, yeah, we got it and show up and we, someone's already there covering, but if you get there by this, you know, you know, by this hour, we'll still pay you the whole eight-hour shift. I'm like, oh, you fuckers. Alright, fine. Because honestly, that was the one thing that, you know, got me back out of bed to go out and work that night. I hear you. But, I got super sleep-deprived and you know, there were parts where I was, you know, not paying attention to my phone as a YouTube video was playing. I was thinking of just hearing random voices talking inside my head. Yeah. And I got the usual stuff like, you know, sleep, you know, like nodding off at the wheel, you know, like loot, like fighting to stay awake otherwise. It was, it was almost, you know, full on disassociation. No coffee? I can't drink coffee. It makes me shake. Mm, tea? Uh, I didn't get I didn't get any of that, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. But uh the caveat to that was I got home and I like not, I like laid in bed at like four o'clock and like nodded off and when I woke up it was one AM. Good sleep like, was good. Well, like okay, I missed all my day and missed you know, didn't get anything to eat for dinner, but hell I caught up on all that sleep, so I just went right back to bed and covered and got up my normal time to go to work. See, there you go. And you grab a, and you grab a donut along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. So he. So yeah, ho- like. Hopefully things will turn out better for me. Anyway. And uh, this this week I'm also going to see uh, the movie Crawl, the live riff tracks of it. Yeah. And it's, I know it's just going to be amazing. Gotcha. Well. Just remember, things get worse before it gets better. Of course they do. Alright, so, uh, that's all for me this week. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Well, I'm super excited. Okay, so, Dragon Con is coming up. For those of you that don't know, it is coming up next Mm. weekend. Not this coming weekend, the weekend after that. But the app is up, so if you want to add me on there to meet up at Con, feel free to do that and uh, friend me on there, whatever. Um, I'm under this name, so uh, you can friend request me via that, and uh, I should friend request you back. Um, but yeah, there's supposed to be a lot of tons of podcasting and cosplay and tons of really yeah. great stuff at Dragon Con. Speaking, Sorry. Yeah, speaking of podcasting, um, yeah, 
I'll, I'll, I'll save that for later. Go on, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Okay, okay. I'm very excited. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm excited to see all the podcasters there and get some research done so that I can do my own thing because later on, me and a friend of mine are going to be working on a J Fashion podcast in the near future. So, um, I'm excited for that, but also getting all my costumes done. So, ha ha ha, this is going to be a fun week. Um, yeah, I still have uh, like three costumes to kind of finish up. So I'm going to be at the Bunny Hutch party as Bunny uh, Starfire from Teen Titans. Um, a bunny I'm what also party? Going... Hmm? A bunny what party? Uh, bunny Hutch. So like uh, Playboy bunnies. Oh. We're all going to be dressed up. My friend is going as Raven and I'm going as Starfire. So um, that's going to be interesting. Um, oh, adorable. I'm terrified. Okay. I'm I'm a more conservative cosplayer. For those of you who've ever met me in person, like I don't like showing off a lot of my buns, hun. Like, okay, so it's gonna be a very different experience, but I'm very excited. It's um, and just mm-hmm. just remember, thick is in. I know my three inches of of like special space or or perfect space or whatever is great. I'm good. I've got enough cami thigh for everything. And, um, if, and if you see a bunny, May send her my way. Thank you. Yeah, I'll let I'll, I'll get some pictures. I'll try and get some pictures of a bunch of folks. I know there's a big Sailor Moon bunny group. Oh, good So I was Lord. excited to see that. Oh, I'm so excited. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I'm working on that. And then I've got an original design. So if any of you see me on Friday, I believe I will be part of my elementals group that I've been working really, really hard on. I'm a water elemental, so it's very exciting. Lots of bubbles, lots of layers, lots of fun. And then my last costume is going to be Lady Sansa from Game of Thrones, uh, for those of you. Uh, who love Game of Thrones. Um, we're doing a kimono version of that on Sunday. So keep an eye out for a kimono group of Game of Thrones. And I'm happy to say hi to you. Other than that, I've been uh, just keeping up with a lot of different things in life. Um, I've been slowly but surely moving away from running the Maid Cafe at Otakon. So um, if you guys didn't see me at the Maid Cafe at Otakon, next year I will be at the photo suite. So definitely come by and say hi. I'm going to be the model consultant. So I'll be helping y'all get your curves and swerves and contour on point and lit and all that fun stuff. But other than that, that's it's been a crazy few weeks. Um, yeah, that's been my weekend day. Thank you. <laughs> Well, my weekend day was basically going to Liberty City Anime Con, and I will be talking about that after the break. Um, and I'm slowly organizing stuff, so I have computer parts to mail out, stuff to repack, and I'm actually seriously thinking about throwing out like the last 10 years of my Christmas cards, just depends on how much space that they take up. I just gotta kinda organize things. It's like I have the space, but the issue lies in the fact of Putting it in a proper spot where I don't need to go digging for it. I do know I have like a crap ton of VHS tapes that will go into bins in the back of my storage closet. Um, that basically has been it. Um, I paid off my JBL speaker from T-Mobile, but you know. It was like, I was paying it off monthly. I had like 50 bucks left, so I was like, here, done, cool. Um, what else? Not much else, but I think I will be picking up another figurine soon. And yet, as I'm looking at my display case, I'm like, I'm running out of fucking space for it, you know? (sighs) Yeah, that's basically has been my weekend day. So, let me adjust this setting real quick. So, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, I'll tell you about Liberty City Anime Convention. Um, We have some news, and 
and some other cool stuff. Um, I think we have something something about uh, Dragon Con that involves VOG Network, so I'll be revealing yeah. that too. I'm so excited! If anybody's awesome. coming down, I'm going to come say hi. You better. I know, I'm so excited, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna. I should. I should actually tag you. I should actually make a a post on my Facebook and tag the two of you. Be like, oh here, find her. She'll be happy to see you. Or yes, like and if nothing else, let them know to contact me on the face on the Dragon Con app, and I will definitely friend them back. Because the funny thing is, they've been trying to get me to go to Dragon Con for years. I'm like, no, not. Where is Dragon Con again? Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and last year it was over 85,000 people. I will not lie. In some instances, my social anxieties did hit the roof a little bit, but I had a lot of friends around me to support me, so it's okay. That's a <laughs> but it's going to be that, crazy this year, too. Yeah, that's a little bit too much for me, so, you know. Ugh. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not in a, I'm not in a hurry to fly out to another con anytime soon. We're driving down, um, and a lot of that is because our spe- my, my delicate costume parts. But, yeah, we'll be going down on Thursday, and it ends usually on Monday for a lot of people. So I will be there from Thursday until Monday. If you guys want to meet up there, let me know. Yeah, yeah. I can see y'all in the car singing on the road again. Oh, you don't even understand, Ranma. <laughs> oh, like that. On the road again. I just can't wait to be on the road again. <laughs> the life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to be on the road to Dragon Con. <laughs> or start singing anime songs. <laughs> you don't understand the amount of CDs I have of Animu. Tons? Maybe a few hundred. Well then, I think at this time you should be re- you should have digital copies and just hold on to them because that's what I did. <sighs> but yeah, if we want to move on to some anime music of our own, take our first break. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So we're gonna go ahead and take our first break. So yeah, um, let me adjust this, the music. There we go. Oh, we'll be back. Fear of love will be 
See, I'm not going to lie. That's actually one of my favorite Cowboy Bebop songs. Mai is one of my favorite artists that they've worked with because she subsequently does a lot of music. And she's got that voice that's not like it's pretty, but it's not traditionally pretty. It's kind of gruff and like edgy. And I really enjoy those kind of voices like Joan Jett, you know, those kind of punky voices that are very feminine, but also not so 
like pop. So gotcha. she's one of my favorite artists that they work with. All right, hold on one second here. Yeah, see, as a friend of mine is planning a trip out to Coney Island, and she's like, how do I figure this out? She's like, I'm coming to visit you for a bit, and they figure out how to get to Coney Island. I'm like, I live near Coney Island. And, it, and a light just will. She's like, oh. And now when she's telling me she's coming to visit, she's she's a little annoyed I'm going to be out of town. I'm like, well, staff retreat. What am I supposed to do? Say no? Mako-chan will kill me. I really wish I could get up there for the staff retreats because you guys always go out and have a ton of fun and I always see the pictures and I go, oh, I want candied bacon. I want cotton candy. Can I just die from sugar slash bacon intake? Yes, please. Well, I mean, if you can, if you can catch a bus to Ari, you know. I could, I could. I'll have to definitely make plans to be up there sometime. Maybe not next year because we're going to Japan, but maybe the year after. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, for those of you who don't know, for like the last, I'd say five, six years, um, it, a, week, a weekend get-together in Jersey for a barbecue <laughs> event, Q by the Sea, has become the staff retreat. It's sort of like a weekend, no conventions or nothing. It's just food our laptops and games and booze, you know? And sometimes <laughs> it occurs on Thanksgiving when they show Ichigo a magical girl anime and think it's funny because she picks the ones that always die first. I was just telling that to somebody um, at, a, at Liberty City the other uh, this weekend. It's like, you just know how to pick them. I do, but it's really funny. I got yelled at by a friend. Um, one of my gophers was like, you, you stop being a martyr. And I was like, oh, that's totally my archetype, though. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about Liberty City Anime Convention. Um, now, I didn't get there till late Friday because I had work. Now, as you know, last week I took two days off. So I didn't want to take a day off for this kind of show. Good faith. You know, so the I didn't go last year, but I can tell you there has been some changes. I do know between last year and this year, um, the space, um, Liberty City have floors three, two, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, I believe. The third floor was registration. Four, and the other floors were like dealers' room panels and so forth. This year, it was only floor three for registration. Panel rooms were on floor four. Main events, uh, arcade, game room, and dealer's hall and artist alley was floor five. That wasn't so bad. I kind of liked that. Now, I could tell you, when it was at the Crown Plaza, it was jam-packed. Either that, it was a smaller space, so everybody, it's just like, Think of it as the hallway when you're of the of the of, of the Walt Washington Convention Center. That walkway going towards uh, Oticon's dealer's room. It was kind of packed like that. Now walking around uh, Liberty City, think of it as like you're walking through Oticon's dealer's room. All that extra space. It was kind of like that. There were some congestion spots coming up and down the elevator. Now, 
I have seen some very interesting ways that you could set up a con, like where main events goes, the game room, karaoke, and so on and so forth. And from what I could tell, I don't even think there was a karaoke room. I don't think anybody missed it. But here's something interesting. The arcade room, the arcade was inside main events. Huh. That's peculiar. But there was a um, a uh, an air wall dividing it up, so you couldn't hear either from what was going on in either place. So basically, there was one door that opens up, and there is main events. On the left hand side is the arcade game room. There was a diagonal stanchion. Blocked off, so you had to go that way to the arcade. If you were going in the main events, you either walked underneath, you were the, got underneath the stanchion, or they opened up one of the other doors so you can go in. And they had, and it really reminded me of an old school uh, con with, the, with what they had. You had they had DDR, Initial D, Jubeat, uh, Dance Revolution, um. It was a lot of Japanese arcade beat beaten rhythm games. I really like seeing that. Um, of course, there was Smash. There was Dragon Ball Fighters. I believe Tekken was there. Hell, I was watching two people play um, Smash on on a Surface Pro Four. It seems that somebody was running um, the Dolphin emulator. I'm like, well played. Kind of reminds me that one time I had gone to PAX East and I saw uh, Steam running on a Surface tablet and I was playing Skullgirls. That kind of blew my mind. And now that I know what the Surface device is capable of, hey. Then after I checked out the arcade, and I will say there were ve- there was very little stench going on in there. So good job, guys and gals. Good job. Good job bathing, everyone. Deodorant is your friend, not your foe. Exactly. Also, I went over into main events, and there was a Friday night concert with Kohei and Tia. And it was good. It reminded me of the last concert that they did that I went to um, back in October. It was a lot of anime cover songs, and it was great. And the audience was really hyped. It wasn't as many people. But it was still fun nonetheless. And I got some good pictures of that. Now, before that was the quote-unquote formal. Emphasis on quote-unquote. What was wrong with it? Did you you go to the DerpyCon formal a few years ago? Honestly, I don't remember much of DerpyCon. I don't think I did. Okay, all right. Basically, the the formal was mostly rave music. And nobody was checking people as they were coming in to make sure they had the proper formal dance attire. That's always annoying. Yeah, it was like a really, really, really bad high school dance. Emphasis so, an, so your average high school dance, in other words. No, an average uh, website... No, an, uh, the average dance, high school dance was a lot better than this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, 
that's another thing I've noticed with a lot of formal dances, not just Liberty City, is that like when people have been posting about music and stuff, a lot of cons don't seem like they know how to do a formal dance or they don't know how to institute it because they're just so used to being like, okay, we're going to have a dance. It's going to be anime themed. We're going to get a DJ and they're going to play some remix that they made of an anime opening with some lights and colors and different visualizations on the backboards and screens and stuff. Whereas yeah. with formal dances, you usually just want classical music or see, jazz or something, you know, formal. See, you have see it was more like I think it's more like they just let whoever's running it handle it. Now, er, to me, when I started going to conventions, there was no rave, quote unquote. It was called the dance. And it was only one Saturday night. They had fancy names for it, but it wasn't called a rave. Until much later, where you have the con rave, where Odin calls it the odor rave, this and that. And then you have the formal, um, formal dance. Now, I to me, a formal dance is basically not just classical music, but inst- anime instrumentals, video game instrumentals, nice like cool music maybe a little bit like soft rock or a nice little pop rock type music you know i figured it would be something like that that's what i that's what i that's what i tend to look at it as some cons will have a little anything along those lines some will some don't i mean it's kind of cool but the thing that gets to me is like when you see people coming in and they're wearing sneakers instead of shoes and this and that well, the downside is, though, Ranma, is that there are costumes where they wear formal wear, but then they wear sneakers. But to me, this is the way I classify it. If your sneakers look like you have been jogging in them or running around the convention in them or they aren't clean and they don't look like they're not Air Jordans and they're not nicer sneakers and they're not like ones where you wrap them in plastic wrap whenever you go outside because you don't want the white getting messed up by some dirt and stuff like those are not the sneakers to wear to a formal. If you're wearing high tops, that's cool. You know, like, nice, nice Adidas. But if you're just wearing some, I, I buy these sneakers. But, like, Walmart, $10, oh, God, I needed sneaker sneakers. Those are not formal sneakers. They're barely I, shoes. Yeah. Skips. They, like they are. I, I don't think there is a reason why you should be wearing sneakers with a formal outfit at all. I don't. I don't see it. Well, it's the whole, like, Doctor Who fandom, like, the edgy, red carpety looks like celebrities do it, so, like, it trickles down well, into the public I mean, and I, stuff like that. Well, if you're doing the 10th or 11th, I can, I can kind of see that. Kind of see that. But I guess, you know, if that's part of the attire, yeah. But even some colors are like, yeah, you're still wearing a suit, so you still can't come in with sneakers on. So it's, it's going to be that crazy argument going back and forth. No, no, and then also, well, it also might be that they had a lack of staff, because I know that some of the formal dances, because they're not proven concepts, like, a lot of you who don't know, when you are running a new department or new, uh, like, programming at a convention as official, sometimes they don't give you a lot of staff to run it, so if they don't have enough staff to modify that or moderate who's coming in, especially, like, Zenkaikon, they have fire code because the room is a certain size, so... If they have staff to monitor that, then that's good. But if they don't have the staff, then unfortunately they can't really regulate that kind of thing. So that might have also been part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And um, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh, well, that, that thought escaped me. So, you know, overall Friday was very chill. 
So, let's skip ahead to Saturday. And this is where I realize, you know, Saturday is like the big day. It's like, I have to bring the camera, the camcorder. I have to bring a lot of equipment. And I realize, I think next year, I'm going to book one night for Saturday and just call it a day. I think it'd be a lot, a lot better that way. So, um, let's see what am I looking at here. All right. Saturday was the oh the major crowding was the Vic signing, and I think I would say that would be a new record for how long I waited online for an autograph. But that's the second longest I have waited for an autograph. The longest I waited was Anime Next three years ago, three hours to get uh, Studio Trigger's autograph for my Panty and Stocking DVD, which means I have to get the um, the Blu-ray. Jeremy Lay at Otakon. I think that was about an hour, hour and a half. So that wasn't so bad. Vic, a little bit over two hours. Now, if you're probably wondering, why did I go and get Vic's signature? It was for somebody else, wasn't it? No, it was for me. It was for me. Now, uh-huh. if you all remember last year, I went to Anime Matsuri. The main reason I went was for Sarah Miyu. But, Romy Paku was there. She is the seiyu for Tamari from Naruto. And also, the seiyu for Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. And I only had one thing from that series that I could get signed. And that is the FMA video game for PlayStation 2. So, she signed that. And when I got the Vic and I explained it to him and I told him my ticket was for the Friday signature and he wasn't there for that. So that's what they gave me. So he signed right next to hers on the DV- on the game cover. And I thought that was really freaking cool. And he's a very chill person. He had some DVD, some CDs for sale. He has a Christmas CD. I'm walking out, I'm like, fuck, I should have bought the Christmas CD. But I'm going to see if I can get it off of his website, because that sounds pretty cool. And I saw some really good cosplayers. There's this one Jupiter cosplayer I want to get pictures of, but by the time I had gotten off the line and got back into the photography mode she had, she had, she had left or I hate when that happens or she had changed or something like that well it is what it is you also got to remember FlameCon was going on the same weekend so she may have gone over to that convention it happens now let's get into the masquerade and as you all know I have a love-hate relationship with Liberty City's Masquerade. Now, I don't think we talked about it last year. Because I sent a I sent another team to cover it. And we just had pictures and so forth. Now, the Masquerade was run by Superheroes Unlimited. And this is a bunch of people who, who hire super cosplayers to be superheroes. But you got to be thin. Mind you, the owner's a fat fuck. How does that work? I don't know. Pretty much they run... Pod, kettle, etc. Yeah. The Masquerade was... The way they run the Masquerade is like watching an episode of Heroes of Cosplay with their Masquerade. It was just abysmal. Now, last year, it was run similar, and Superheroes Unlimited was not asked to come back because of one thing. Now, this was told to me at BurrowCon, and one of my staffers verified this because he was standing right there. Now, Ichigo, you'll, you'll relate to this. Whether you are a cosplay masquerade judge 
or a contestant in the masquerade where you speak to one of the judges for advice on how to make your skit better, some tips and tricks, giving and receiving, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, sometimes, but again, it all depends on if you have networked well enough to know the judging. No, 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 Usually, no, 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 What do you mean? No, some, a lot, some conventions have like a, like a, like a, like a grief, like a panel where you can come ask questions like how to make, you know, what you could do better for it to compete again. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, there are some conventions and some panelists to do panels on them i've never done a panel at a convention about it i did a youtube video about it but um there are some conventions that have panels about it but honestly with the way masquerades are run at each different convention a lot of it depends on the criteria that they set up because there's not Mm -hmm. a standardized one oh i know that's why you know some cons will have like a little after panel where you can ask questions like like tips and advice you know so, the guy who runs uh, Superheroes Unlimited, this cosplayer who I, who, I'm, who I met, asked him asked him what she could do to for for advice on making on you know on on, on competing. He said to her, "Oh, commission us for a cosplay. We'll make sure that you win." Wow, that's not sketchy at all. But to be honest, knowing the corporate structure of this particular convention, not surprised. That's balls, you know? Because this one is one of the cop cop cons, right? Yeah. So, yeah, not surprised there. There's a lot of... um, deep and murky waters oh. one can get into. Oh, You'd oh. have to be super confident or super arrogant to say that. Oh, well. Or think that you can fix the competition by either being caught as one of the judges or talking to your friend who's a judge and trying to convince them to do stuff. And unfortunately, there are a lot of personalities in the conventionary circuit, in the cosplay circuit, that are willing to do that for each other because of likes, because of shares, because of liking each other's Facebook pages or supporting each other. And it's it's kind of shitty, but that that is social media. If you're not if you're not getting positive attention, you're getting negative attention. And love you or hate you, you're on somebody's mind. So obviously that means you're getting the likes, you're getting the attention. And obviously we do have troll culture, so they're gonna love you. For doing the hateful, spiteful things anyway. All right, but you know, it is what it is. And as speaking of, yeah, we'll get to that in just a bit. So this time it was a lot better. There was actually craftsmanship judging, and one of my friends, Tori Hime, cosplay and design, was one of the judges. So I'm like, yes. And we had a discussion about one of the judges, and she was like, "How is she a?" cosplay judge her seams aren't aren't are, are, are not complete and she's and i'm looking at the cosplay i'm just like the cosplay the, this judge is wearing something where if you are like a freshman to cosplay within your first year mind you this cosplayer has been at the doing this for at least 15 years whatever so they know they did the normal um walk on slash skits which were great it was really fun and then they had afterwards the craftsmanship uh portion where they were calling up the people who competed in craftsmanship and gave like you know a brief summary 
of the work on their cosplays, which is something I I don't really see all that often. It's just cool, you know. At least you know give the. I can understand if, if, if at a con, you know, if there's like a lot, if there's a lot of people who entered in craftsmanship judging, you can't have them all come up on stage, you know, to t- briefly talk about their cosplay. But it would be cool just to see them come up on stage, you know, something like that, you know. But here's the thing: you had five judges, I believe, three craftsmanship judges sitting in the in the front row, and you had two performance judges sitting at a table on the stage. Again, I am not too keen on st- on judges on the stage, but if it works, it works. But as as usual, as normal, after each uh, skit or routine, they will ask um, the contestants a couple of questions and send them on their way. But I will say they got this all knocked out in under two hours, and something happened at this masquerade. I have not seen in a very long time, but it is expected to happen at at a at a at a cosplay masquerade. What happened? It started late. Oh. About twenty minutes late. Not the worst I've heard. No, no. I just, I mean, it's just that a lot of conventions it, back. It would like if the masquerade starts at seven. It's supposed to start at seven. It doesn't start until seven thirty. Time they lot conventions to figure. Okay, if we start at seven, open the doors at six or six thirty. Let people flow in and begin. They let people in at seven and didn't start to like seven twenty, seven thirty. Fine, not so bad. And I will say what what really I really enjoyed. Um, there was a blend s uh, routine where there was four girls and a guy. They did the entire intro on stage, and I thought that was pretty cool. But I will remember the Makoto Shishio cosplay. This dude traveled 16 hours from the Philippines to be here for this convention. And he walked away with a judge's award and first place. I think he was here in town visiting relatives. It just timed out well. I mean, if I'm traveling that far and I'm a cosplayer, and I'm like, there's a convention, I want to compete in this con, you know. That would be fun. I think that's really awesome. So I thought that was really freaking amazing. I didn't check out the um, the, the con dances because I was walking around doing other things, taking pictures. I know there was a burlesque show, a combination of burlesque and comedy act. I didn't check that out, but I did go over to another mini concert performed by Odette Odile. She does pop music. And I'm thinking like Britney Spears pop. No, her group, her entourage does, like, soft rock synth 80s pop. And I was enjoying every single minute of it. And I'm thinking, uh, what, is, what is that synth pop group? Um, I know they had a bunch of songs in DDR um, for, um, for Xbox, DDR Universe. I cannot remember the name of the group. I know... Um, the music has been played on OLR. I think Dark Tetsuya probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. I just can't remember the name of the name of this band. I actually partied with them at a con years ago. It's that style of music, which is really cool. And the thing is, normally when I travel for conventions like this, I'm gone by like 9 o'clock, 8, 9 o'clock. 
I was there till 10, 30, 11, and then I got home. I will say this. I did find a really nice sushi restaurant, like, across the street from the hotel. Yeah, I think it's Echo Image. I think it's them. I know they had a song in our rock, in um, Guitar Hero. We Want to Rock or something like that. I know it was them, so it's probably them. That type, that style of music. Um... I have to say, I may definitely want to go back to this place. The food was really good. And for being in Times Square, it was relatively cheap. Then let's go to Sunday. Now, Renny Mimura was one of the guests for Liberty City, as she had a one-hour made show made show concert, and it was like it's just like the um the made show events that we that they used to have in New York City years ago. It was run the same way, it was full of people and it was fun. And I got pictures of that. And then I went over to the Love Live trivia panel much later after I did an impromptu shoot with one of my friends and her course group. Um if you're on my private Facebook, there's a picture of them doing JoJo posing, you know. Now with most Love Live tri- uh, panels, it's generally the group as either Muse or Aquors being in character. This was slightly different, much different, in a good way. They actually had a trivia panel going on. And what they did was they aligned this up with the app called Kahoot, where they were running questions and you use the app to answer them. That was pretty cool. It's sort of like um the, like, like the Jackbox trivia games, you know? Here's a code. Oh, I love those. Yeah, it's, it's it was just like that. It was it was really fun, and it was a full crowd. See, that's giving me ideas to run to run an, uh, run a game show myself. You know, that should be kind of fun. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Right, you're good. Now, overall, I would say. The con itself was fun. I will say the staffers worked their hardest to get things going despite the issues, which we will kind of sort of get into later. Um, for a con that's been around for four years, they I believe they should freshen up some of their, their guests. I mean, there's a lot of local guests for New York City, but there's plenty they could cull from, you know? Um... Could use a little more variety in panels. Uh, only, one of the things that kind of caught this convention off guard was the fact that the weekend prior was Otakon, and directly across the street was FlameCon, which is the country's biggest LGBT convention. So I'm hoping for next year, which is on their cons on, that Liberty is on the 9th to the 11th. It's that's going to be a weekend where they won't run to any issues because we already know like three weeks prior is Otakon or two weeks prior, so that should give them some enough breathing room. I will say Liberty City, honestly, if you're a local, I would say it's a one day type con. I would just go go on Saturday and maybe Sunday. You know, I will say this: you would think that a con would would, would grow. With every year, whether I mean grow as in more higher attendee numbers, I don't expect numbers to like jump overnight, but gradual. It seems like this con, it got slightly big, slightly smaller, slightly big. This is a con where if you want to have a good time, bring your squad and go check out everything. That's the 
that's the best way you're gonna have a good time I would have to give Liberty City like I would have to give it three out of five stars really now so next year if I had the chance you'd want me to come up there with you sure but like I said I am booking a room just for Saturday so gotcha and we are not driving in. We are taking the subway in. Oh, uh, oh, I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Now, this is something I haven't really discussed. I meant to make this a post on my fan page because I wanted some input from people. Now, some of you don't know, and I'll tell you this now. The con chair of Liberty City is Ryan Koff. K-O-P-F. It's a Koff con. And if you want to know who is he, just Google his name. All your answers are there. And there have been people who were discussing, you know, should I go? Should I not go? You're supporting uh, a sexual assaultist, a rapist, a pedophile. I get all of that. I truly do. But also, this is a convention in our backyard. I mean, if we didn't live in New York City, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But you got to understand, running a con in New York City is very expensive. That's why there really aren't any conventions in New York City. Hell, it's even pricey in the five in the outer boroughs. And even if it's dirt cheap in Staten Island, no one's gonna go to Staten Island. <laughs> no one. Except for maybe like five people, and they live in Staten Island. Cause I wanted people's opinions on should I cover this convention or not. It's like I don't want to support Liberty City because of the con chair, but on the same token, I'm impressed. I feel like there's an obligation since there's a convention in my backyard. And I didn't feel comfortable in covering FlameCon because that's something Mako-chan wanted to do. Yes, I am a straight ally, but I, I don't know. Maybe next year she will come and we'll cover it together and she can write the review and I'll take all the pictures. But it's like I say about Chick-fil-A. Yes, the people that, the corporate offices of Chick-fil-A are basically homophobes, if you, if you say. And I mean by if you say, but as, as they are. But a lot, like most of the Chick-fil-A locations are franchises. And these franchises are giving people jobs. And we know there are people all walks of life with the job. And far as we know, far as I know, people, the franchise owners are donating to, to gay and lesbian organizations. I look at Liberty City sort of like that. Yes, the con chair is, is a sex offender. I get that. But you have people underneath him who are working hard to make this a good convention. They're like, we understand who our con chair is, but we want to show you we are not him, and we want to give you a good time. That I understand. It's like you, it's like separating one from the other. And some people can do it, and some people cannot. And I totally get that, and I totally understand that. Now, as you know, the con is moving back to the Crown Plaza. Now, this is what I heard through the grapevine. I cannot confirm the, the authenticity of this, but it kind of makes sense. I am not backing this, but I'm just telling you what I heard. It seems that the con chair has been banned from the Marriott and all its properties because he owes money from last year's convention. And the only reason why it was there this year because of a contractual obligation. Wow. <clears throat> I, it's like, yeah, 
our pre- our leader is a fuck up, but the, but there are people underneath our leader are trying to make things right. So we got do some type of support. Whether you usually you have to seriously trash a place to get banned from mm-hmm. the franchise itself. Yeah. Whether you support the con or not, it's on you. You do what you feel is right. Because you gotta you gotta go you gotta go with your gut instinct, go with how you feel. And I feel I will probably go back next year and do another review and see. Who knows? And that's my talk on Liberty City Anime Convention. As for Flame Con Serenity, I did not go. Um, I, uh, next year, um, most likely me and Mako will go check it out. I do know that friends of mine that did check out the uh, Flame Con, they had a great time. All right. Now that we got that out the way, um, let's get into post-con news. This was something that was supposed to be on last week's show, but due to time, I we never got to it. Um, World Cosplay Summit, Team Mexico wins, and their skit was fucking amazing. It's pretty much two cosplayers as Dalzim and Chun-Li fighting as if they were in the video game that and doing the bonus stages. That was cool. Awesome. Yep. All right, I need to turn the air conditioner on because it's getting a little bit too hot up in here. So my apologies for any background noise. All right, let's see what else do we got here. Um, Ari, what's going on with Power Rangers? Uh, well, we're getting a follow-up to the 2017 film. Oh God, why? Well, the previous film opened in March 2017 and one got about 84 million and change. And a total of about 140 million worldwide. <clears throat> Director Dean Israelite reported last summer that Lionsgate and Saban were in talks for a sequel. <clears throat> Hasbro announced on May 1st that it will acquire the Power Rangers and several other brands from Saban Properties. The agreement, which is expected to close in the second quarter of 2018, includes all of Saban's related intellectual properties, character rights, and content libraries. Hasbro is also named as a master toy licensee for the Power Rangers franchise and will take over the previous license holder, Bandai America, on April 1st of 2019. The $22.25 million Hasbro already paid in this deal will be credited against the purchase for the brands. Ooh. And Haim Sabam is gonna, will continue to serve as a uh, consultant for Power Rangers. Well, that's going to be... I don't know. I mean... Power Rangers on Nick, they're splitting the seasons as regular and then super edition. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I, very I, much uh, against that. And they're because... cutting so many episodes out from the original. And I saw what they did with Super Mega Force, and <clears throat> that pissed me off to no end. That oh, yeah. really pissed me off. And the fact that they, I mean, I'm not no slight against uh, Jason David Frank, but he was the Green Ranger. He's not supposed to be leading. The Red Ranger was to lead that shit. I guess he was the most important one they could get their hands on. But hey, they're now under the uh, Hasbro umbrella, so for all we know, we might end up seeing Power Rangers and Magic the Gathering. Maybe. I mean, we already got Power Rangers and Street Fighter together. Oh yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, Well, Hasbro having the licensee, that probably means we're going to see some original figurines and stuff, because I believe... Hasbro had the Naruto license. They had some original stuff they were putting out, so that's going to be kind of cool. But with Haim Saban still being a consultant for Power Rangers, we might still see these split seasons. 
But, you know, it wouldn't be too surprising if Power Rangers moves from Nickelodeon to Discovery Family. And it'd be kind of cool if we saw, like, a CGI series of Power Rangers based, Maybe. Off, off, ba work. based off the comic. That would be cool. Oops, sorry about that. Alright. Well, they're, the, the, the franchise is at the point where, you know, they I don't think they anticipated, you know, going on for this long, and with the uh, original, with most of the original cast, you know, getting up in age, mm -hmm. like, they don't know how to uh, react with them. True. I like, I don't, th I, I'm wondering if they're going to, you know, do it the, do it, you know, Tommy, what they did with, like, Big One, and make him, like, the wizened old, like, mentor, like, shadow mentor or something like that. I think that's what they need to do with Dr. Tommy Oliver by this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Make him the next Zordon. Shit, you know? He was once, but that was, a uh, meh. Yeah. Alright. Ichigo, what's up with uh, Battle Angel Alita? Well, if you were a huge fan of a lot of 80s stuff, like I was, yep, I did yep. enjoy the original Battle Angel Alita. It was one of my favorite series back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um it has apparently had the manga creator reacting to the live-action films, eyes, scenery, and other stuff. So, the official Japanese website for Alita Battle Angel, Robert Rodriguez's live-action film of Yukito Kishiro's Battle Angel Alita, Gundam manga, posted comments from James Cameron and from Kishiro himself. Kishiro provided his thoughts on the film Ever's newest trailer and that debuted back in, debuted back in July. Um, Kishiro was said in the beginning, I was surprised because Alita's eyes are so big, but when I saw the scenes there are, I stopped noticing it. When Alita is wet in the scene where she's exploring the spaceship sunk in water, I started to think, cute, and I think everyone will come to like it soon. Um, the manga creator also praised the film's translucent depictions of cyborg bodies, elaborate mechanics, and the amazing volume of information in the long shots of Iron City. And Kishiro also said, When I saw qu high-quality representations of what I wanted to express in the original manga and illustrations but couldn't, I thought, thank you. This is a video I wanted to see 30 years ago, and I am jealous of the film representation. Film will open in Japan with a, the title Alita Battle Angel and not with the manga's original Gun Um title. The protagonist's name in the film is also Alita in Japanese, not Gali, as in the original Japanese version of the manga. Uh, the film will star Rosa Salazar from Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, the Divergent series Insurgent, Man Seeking Woman, and Motion Capture as Alita, and Robert Rodriguez, El Mariachi, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Sin City, and Spy Kids is directing the film. James Cameron and his Light Storm Entertainment partner John Landau are producing the project, and Shutter Island's Leda Kalogridis penned the script. The film will open in both Japan and United States on December 21st. And I myself, while I do love the original series, I was very skeptical of the movie um, with a lot of the hype that was coming out first and then the follow-up with the backlash of why are her eyes so huge? Why does she have these kind of features? Um... I honestly, I think I'm going to wait until I see the movie to give a final verdict, but I'm very happy that uh, 
Kishiro himself gave kind of a blessing on the project. And I like the fact that I know that we had to have Ghost in Shell for the, it's kind of like Finding Nemo, where we had to have Finding Nemo because, before we could have all the water series and stuff and Finding Dory, because I ended up liking Finding Dory better. But because we had Ghost in the Shell, I think that we were able to bring in this kind of film work and stuff like that, and it laid the ground points. So even though that movie was kind of a mixed review, a flop in some instances, I'm hoping that this one is much better, and I'm hoping that it because it has his blessing, it kind of lives up to the hype that's there. But Again, I'm going to rest my case until I see it. Yep, yep. Um, I will say this. I argued there was nothing wrong with the eyes because if you read the manga and you watch the two-part OVA, she has big eyes. But I understand her eyes were huge. Now, the movie was supposed to come out this summer, and they pushed it back till the holidays. And if you notice in the updated trailer, they fixed her eyes they adjusted them so it makes them more proportionate and there are people who are saying that um the mangaka yukito kishira some are saying that's not what he really thinks people don't believe that he's backing this i mean i get it i mean fucking trolls man now 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 when akira toriyama was told about live action dragon Ball, he was like oh okay i guess um the creator for Ghost in the Shell, he backed it, you know. I, I I think they got it right with taking more time to go back and fix the eyes. I really think they got it right this time. And I will be going to see this in theaters. I probably will see this in 3D. I feel like this this is the kind of movie that would lend itself really well to being in a 3D experience because it's going to have all the technology. It's going to have all the other stuff and things like that. Um, that really lend itself to being one of the movies that actually need 3D as opposed to other movies that really don't. Oh, absolutely. All right, moving right along to uh, more news. This is something that is not The Onion or not strange news from Japan either. Also, I'd like to preemptively apologize for this. Yes. Actually, you don't have to because it's not... Well, I was the one who, you know, suggested the article don't matter well the story is still horrifying I know anyway sorry to interrupt you no that's all you if you want that's all you oh yeah. <laughs> 66 what I confiscated from comic kick goers by Swiss customs yes that's pounds a whole lot of fapping material Melon Pan is a Swiss otaku who's built an internet following over the last several years, publicizing his perverted antics, posing with his anime merch in his underwear or bare ass. Oh, God damn it! Why did I just read that? For selfie tweets is a regular thing for him. In 2003, he filmed himself near, licking nearly a hundred scantily clad female anime figurines, and in 2015, he turned heads with a series of photos in a bathroom, plastered wall to wall with dozens of copies of the same picture. Of a Ken Cole character. What have I done? I mean, if he's licking the figures without showing a black light on them, there's some stories about the used figurine market he should know. <laughs> I, I admit, I do have one used figurine, and I, and I refuse to t- go near it with a black light. I refuse. I'm like, nope, nope, not doing it. Not doing it. Might want to give it a light little coating with uh, rubbing alcohol first. I probably will. 
Okay. In many countries outside the U.S. and Japan, the underage appearance of many characters in hentai caused caused it to be equivalent to child pornography. This was this was resulted in hentai being severely frowned upon in many countries, if not grounds for jail time. This has been catching up with Melon Pan this year. In April, he was fired by a major suspect UBS for his reputation with hentai. And when he finally found a job with delivery service DHL, he was fired on the first day. Christ almighty. My God. It's like if Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil was a massive pervert. I mean, he's got to stop linking his LinkedIn profile to his Pornhub profile. I mean, that that usually causes these kind of mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and with Mel- he decided with no job to report to, it would be an opportunity to visit Japan just in time for Comic Cat. According to his tweets, while at Comic Cat he purchased 30 kilograms of mostly Lollicon Dojins, which is about 66 pounds, which wouldn't fit his luggage, so he mailed it all in a package back to Switzerland. Upon arriving home, he found that the package had been seized by customs, and was one he was wanted for questioning in some capacity. I imagine the first question out of the uh, customs agent's mouth was, The fuck, dude? Probably. He tweeted the story from outside a local police station on Wednesday. In it, he mentioned, I'm tired of being in the slammer, though it's not clear whether he actually has faced real jail time before or merely used the Japanese phrase incorrectly. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on VogNetwork.com, use the passphrase, Anime. <clears throat> uh, when Sora News 24 first reported the story, it looked as if Melon Pan was never getting his package back. Promoting a, prompting a promise that he moved to Japan over the incident. However, about five hours before this writing, he declared the victory over customs with some and not safe work photos of the confiscated material sitting on a table at his home. It seems that after Malapon exhaustively pleaded his case, someone in charge eventually admitted that no living per- people were harmed in the making of hentai. <clears throat> While the situation seemed harrowing to Malapon at the time, he's actually lucky that Switzerland isn't as strict about hentai as many other Western cultures. The countries, Canada and the UK, have, b- have both put people in jail for possession of hentai with characters that appear underage. In Australia, a convicted murderer even had six months add to his 30-year sentence for obsession with hentai. While in the, U- in the United States, our usage drawn may be protected under freedom of speech. Surprisingly, few under countries see it that way. So, judging by the bag, it looks to be like. I get uh, yeah I guess it was all dojins as you just said in the article. I'm sorry like my brain like shut down halfway through it after reading some of that shit. Well, I, I mean in America dojinshi is not actually a large market, but if you go to Japan there are huge stores of just dojin manga or collections of dojin manga in different comic book stores. Honestly, if you guys wanted me to go and like get a dojin specifically of like Atsumats of, of, of Sailor Venus, like I could probably find a whole store's worth of Sailor Venus crossovers, Dragon Ball Z crossovers, and stuff like that, because the art is, like, the artists are there, the art is there, the stories are there. Um, Whereas in America, you know, everybody's more about canonical, more about, like, if it is their ship, then they're going to be looking specifically for that. Um, So there is more of a market in Japan for it, so it's not a surprise that he went to Comiket to get this, but at the same time, a lot of European companies, like countries, companies, yes, because the European Union is a company, no, um, are 
really, really like crack down on like pedophilia or anything that might even look minutely like pedophilia and child pornography and things of that nature. So I am not at all surprised by this at all. Uh, Ichigo? Yes. Don't give me any ideas since you're going to Japan. Oh my god. <laughs> if if I find some Sailor Venus stuff, I will definitely get you a little gachapon and a little present box or something I'll have to send you when we get back. Well, you'll have to take pictures and make sure that I don't have it all ready. Truth, yes. No, I will definitely, um, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely get a bunch of stuff. I really want to play Kuji and do a lot of other things out there, too. So definitely I will keep you in mind. Okay. And on a sad note... Well, this is certainly going to grind the gears, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, voice actor Unsho Ishizuka passes away at the age of 67. The website for a talent agency, Aoni Production, revealed last Friday that voice actor Unsho Ishizuka passed away for, on Monday due to esophageal cancer. He was 67 uh, by modern age reckoning and 68 by traditional Japanese age reckoning. Aoni Production noticed that Ishizuka has been receiving medical care for some time before his death, but it had not proved effective. His close relatives held a private wake and funeral, and a public farewell is being planned, with an information that will come at a later date. Since his debut in 1984 in voice acting as a narrator in Giant Gorg, Ishizuka played a large number of starring roles in anime. He is known best for the roles of Jet Black and Cowboy Bebop, Mr. Satanist and Dragon Ball Super, Joseph Joestar and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, and Diamond is Unbreakable, Dino Goldzine and Banana Fish. I want, I wonder what they're gonna do now to replace him for for season two. He was a narrator in Sword Art Online Alternative, Gun Gale Online, and he has he has done a variety of dubs for Western films for roles for Liam Neeson and Lawrence Fishburne. But Ishizuka is mainly known, mostly known for Professor Oak in Pokemon. And the narrator from Pokemon as well. Godspeed, good sir. Godspeed. He was also another voice actor for Heihachi Mishima, which is the second voice actor oh, that right. Heihachi has lost so far. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yeah, um, Daisuke Gori, who's voiced him between three and six in the movie. Yeah, he he was also the voice of Mr. Satan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, to step back to Liberty City. Now, I made a post on my Facebook that said, man, this con has nothing for me. Sunday, $140 later. Well, shit. Now, let me tell you. The most I have spent at a con for on swag is usually no more than $50. Because I'm like, well, I like these figurines, but I don't have room for them. But if I do want one, if I can find it cheaper on Amazon, I'll end up buying it on Amazon. Free shipping. But I bought um, I, I bought Leah's uh, latest album, and I got that autograph. By the way, her concert was amazing. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Um... I w- went over to Rennie's table and I bought like these guitar instrumental CDs. And these were CDs I've been wanting for a long time. So I got the opportunity to buy all six CDs and I, and I copped them up real quick. And then when I was walking around the dealer's room, I saw the Crane Game Girls Memories uh, figurines. They had the Series 2 ones 
for Sailor Venus and Artemis, so I bought them. And that's $140 in a nutshell. <sighs> Alright. Now that we got that all out the way, it's time for strange news from Japan. I want to take the last one. By all means. Um. So I'll take the first one because the second one belongs to a Jersey boy. Oh boy. No, I think you'll like it. Okay, I'll take your word on it, I guess. If it cracks your skull, you could chuck a spear at Mako-chan next week. Your, your choice of phrasing is very poor tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we begin, please? Absolutely. Japanese designers designers brilliant way to stop people from forgetting their smartphones and public restrooms How? I, 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 no. browsing while pooping is an internationally loved pastime so here's a clever way to make sure you never leave your phone behind Japanese highway rest stops are pretty awesome even if you're not at one that's designed to look like an Edo period samurai town or serving as a home of a giant robot giant anime robot replica you can always expect them to have clean bathrooms, which would be a miracle in itself on the roadways in some other countries like ours. But rest stop bathrooms can be a sight of sadness too, as sometimes travelers who are making a pit stop leave their stuff behind by accident before going back on the road. The Hokkaido branch of Nexco, the organization that manages highways in eastern Japan, counted up all the times they've been spending taking care of lost and found related issues and found those taking an average of 30 hours a month reuniting people with things they thought they'd forgotten in their stalls, with about 60% of them being smartphones, wallets, and other items. How can you leave your phone behind? So to help people remember to take their belongings with them after they're done dropping off their bodily waste, Mexico came up with a clever solution as, as shown in, the, in this tweet. When you're inside the stall, there's a large flat panel on the door's interior side that you swing over 180 degrees to act as a lock. But this also turns into a secure parcel shelf or a tray. With a load capacity of 1 kilogram or 2.2 pounds, it's large and sturdy enough for you to place a phone or wallet on even a small bag or other small handheld item that you might forget about. If you sit on top of a toilet paper holder, housing, or a protruding section of the wall next to the toilet. Since the tray doubles as the door's lock, you have to swing it back to its original position in order to get out, at which you point your eyes will be drawn to whatever you had resting there if you've forgotten about it. So next we'll start installing these locks since last September, and they're in service in 61 locations over 8 rest stops. The organization says it has reduced the amount of time spent monthly spent monthly on lost and found lost and found problems at the previous monthly average of 30 hours down to 12. And it plans to add the new locks to more stalls in the future. That's cool. You put your stuff up on the flat bed, on, on the on the flat shelf, handle your business, and then you realize you've got to take them with you in order to unlock and walk out. That is a good idea. I like the idea, but I also think it's an over-engineering for a simple problem. I also feel like signs right next to the sink that say, like, 
uh, on the sink or like right next to the exit and entryway that say, don't forget your phone, like would accomplish a very similar effect. But if it's working, it's working. Yeah, but sometimes mm-hmm. a, a sign is a sign, you know. But and you, you just see, ignore it. Yeah. If you see your stuff sitting there and, and you need it to get out, like, oh. Alright, Ari. Tokyo's not gonna distance doesn't have an Obon dance. It has an Obon Jovi dance. <clears throat> as we have offered company in the past, mid August is generally known as the Obon season in Japan. This time when tradition holds its spirits of our ancestors return to take return to the realm of the living to say hi and have a snack. One of the cool things about Obon is that it, despite its love longevity in Japanese culture, there is no hard and fast, fast set of customs that span the country. This means spending Obon in one region can be completely different from another. For example, when people in one area enjoy making horses out of egg, making horses out eggplants, I guess out of eggplants or carving. Ho- Ugh. Another makes Mad Max vehicles instead. Huh. <clears throat> there are some other threads of commonality, however, such as the Bon Odori dance or the Bon dance held during festivals. Like other customs, the steps of the dance itself can wear, can vary widely from region to region, but it's generally done in large groups using slow, easy-to-follow motions for participants young and old. Although there's no standard song for this dance, it's usually set to an arrangement of traditional Japanese instruments like shamisen and taiko drums. But again, a highly flexible nature of the oboe can yield some really interesting results. <clears throat> and here is a clip from Twitter that has Japanese people doing an age-old dance to Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer." You want to know something? That was the first song that came to fucking mind. For what? This? Yes. Well, because you saw "Oh Bon Jovi" and think, oh, yeah. "Okay, living on a prayer." Mm-hmm. However, on. the more you think, and the, as the following comments, commentators have. More kind of makes sense. It's a Bon Jovi Adori. I think Living on a Prayer is a good match since the Bon Adori is originally from a religious worship. In Matsudo, we danced to Genghis Khan, and it's in quotes, so I'm guessing the song. I thought it was Bon Jovi live on stage for a second. I think Bon Jovi should get automatic citizenship for that. Sure. I like this modern style Bon Adori. Anime songs work too. The Abisu Bon dance ends, ends with La Vive and Rose. It's very cute with the hand movements. <clears throat> a classic song mixed with traditional Japanese culture and a dash of wordplay for good measure. What's not to love? We can only hope that Japan's recording industry copyright watchdog Jazzrek was too busy shaking down barbershops barber playing obscure jazz on portable CD players to notice this one and let it slip by. I like this. I've actually danced in an Obonadori before, so that is very traditional sounding music. I like Bonadori bon music. I mean, I, there's, a, there's a track called Pokemon Ando that I listen to from time to time. It's really cool. Does this sound pretty awesome? Yep. Well, it is a very it is a very traditional dance. Like you go around in a circle, and there are hand movements and there are body movements that you do, but it is very fluid. It is a very very traditional dance. Um, I did it as part of a Buddhist temple over in California, and it was a lot of fun.
Yeah, that was kind of cool. And I know there's one for uh, from Tenchi Muyo as well. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's this last one? Well, Ichigo says she wanted to take it. Story time, guys! Oh, no. If if it's your favorite kind of ice cream, that is. You scream ice cream. Uh, We all scream for something. I don't don't really scream for ice cream. That's the joys of being lactose intolerant. Um, Ah. Hagen-Dazs Japan releases new ice cream... Ice ice cream flavors. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, inspired by fairy tales. Uh, open the lid and step into your favorite fantasy world with these new ice creams from Japan. Hagen Dost Japan is forever pleasing our taste buds with limited edition varieties like Kuramitsu Kinako and roasted green tea. And even local specials like ice cream sandwich milkshakes and pop-up cafes. Now, though, they've stepped things up a notch by the release of a brand new series called Storytime, which takes its flavor inspirations from a world of popular fairy tales. First up in the range is Snow White's Apple with Custard, which comes served in a deliciously red tub, complete with the image of the Queen's Castle and the Enchanted Forest from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Once you pop off the lid, you find a layer of glossy red applesauce decorated with white milk-flavored heart decoration as a nod to the love story between Snow White and the Prince. Beneath the top layer is a full-bodied mix of smoothed custard ice cream and small apple pieces, which are said to replicate the texture of real fruit, making it as though you've given in to temptation by eating the poisoned apple from the queen. Ooger. While Snow White ice cream is a rich tapestry of flavors, all these words, okay, I'm loving... I'm loving the vocabulary in this article. Um, (laughs) Based on the concept of love and conquering evil, the next variety in the series is somewhat lighter backstory with a flavor profile and one that I definitely, uh, yes, totally called on this. Alice's tea garnished with cookies. Hmm. And LSD. (laughs) um, (laughs) One could hope. Um, This ice cream transports you to the tea party from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I would guess sans the lead poison and mercury poisoning um, with a pale blue label and a deck of cards pictured alongside a dainty cup of black tea. Opening the lid on this one will reveal a top layer of white milk sauce decorated with a cassis-flavored heart shape as a nod to the Queen of Hearts. Beneath the top layer lies a fragrant Darjeeling-flavored ice cream mixed with mascarpone ice cream and a rich butter cookie piece. Available at stores nationwide, only in Japan. Sorry, guys. Each tub will retail for about three bucks, which is actually pretty good. Given the Haagen-Dazs mini ice cream tubs come with many different shaped hearts already, we're curious to see what types of fortune these new ones will have in store for us. I hope that it's still going on by the time I get there next year. I know it might not be, but I will give up, you know, stomach issues for this because it sounds delicious i love darjeeling tea so ugh, i'm excited mm. as you could tell it you guys already left and gone to japan to get this ice cream i have no Bye. idea this yeah. <laughs> is a trail of fire going across the north american continent over the pacific Ooh. ocean yeah yeah, I gotta get my Japanese fabrics and stuff on because they're cottons and they're indigo and stuff like that is amazing. And then ice cream, heckin' yes. 
and their 7-Elevens, like, don't even get me started. I am not a weeaboo. I in no way want to be Japanese. I know that I'm a white girl, and I have a fandom and a respect for the culture, but I am I am not going to lie. I am totally jealous of their culture of convenience food and and the food quality that they put out. Like, they have hot meals and bento boxes and stuff in their 7-Elevens. America 7-Eleven, get on it. Like, be the kombini I want you to be. Mm. All right. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll be back.
Okay, before we go out and close up, uh, there was some announcement I wanted to make. I forgot to say at the top of the show. Um, Vogue Network will be at Dragon Con. Uh, Rob Roberts, Ichigo Gami, and Bobby Blackwolf will be there. 
um, not, well, they'll be there hanging out, having a good time, but also Rob Roberts and Bobby Blackwood will be hosting a couple of panels there. Um, I believe Rob is hosting Meet the Cast Mass Effect on Friday, and he'll be joining up with um, Bobby Blackwolf with the Interaction Real-Time the Art of Live podcasting uh, Friday as well. That's going to be kind of fun and awesome, so definitely swing by and check them out. And Ichigo will be there supporting them. Go Team Go. Full cheerleader outfit and everything. Gambate! Gambate! <laughs> See? But uh, let's hurry up. Let's, let's pack it up and get up on out of here. So if you like the show, tell a friend. Then turn to another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So what we're telling you what we like and don't like, we're telling you straight up right off the bat. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where we post our convention reviews, anime reviews, links to our cosplay tutorials, interviews, our editorials, and our weekly podcast, and a lot of other cool stuff as well. So definitely swing by and check that out. Again, that is AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can also find our podcast not just on our website, on other sites as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and Player FM. A lot of these sites have an option where you can give a five-star review, so if you have a few minutes, give us a review. We want to know what you think of the show, really. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages, youtube.com slash anime jam session, twitter.com slash anime jam session, facebook.com slash anime jam session. We couldn't do this show without y'all, so thank you for your love and support. We truly mean that. And don't forget, you can find us back here on the Vogue Network, live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and Encore Presentations Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to go around the room, last words, Ichigo! Well, I'm going to go and sew until my hands bleed. Bye, guys. Yikes. Last words, Ari. My mom's birthday is next week. Help me. My last words. Um, I have to make lunch for tomorrow and Thursday. I'll probably order out for Friday. Something like that. That's it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Anime Jam Session. Till then, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigo. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Goodnight, Ichigo. Perfect. We out this bitch. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!